Good afternoon, Ben. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. I'm so thankful for the good Lord for giving us the opportunity to record this podcast live in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> and we are in no way, shape, or form once again in Sacramento, California. <laughs> so <laughs> not at all just right off of in Rancho Cordova between the border of Rancho Cordova and Sacramento. But it, Don't tell people where we are. Yeah. This, <laughs> That might not be a safe thing to do. No, I'm, I'm having a I'm having a wonderful um wonderful time. I've been watching uh what's been inspire, inspiring me lately besides uh the Bible of course is there's this woman at uh UPS named Sandy. Uh-huh. And I've been talking to her on and off very briefly about scripture. Nice. And one thing she recommended was she has a daily process. Part of it is listening to uh, scripture talks, motivational things. Okay. One of them specifically is uh, Denzel Washington's thank you speech. He gave a oh. commencement speech for a graduating class. Okay. And it is from start to finish. It is beautiful and very, very inspiring. Very cool. And the first thing right off the gate, right off the gate is put God first. Yeah. And when I listen to it in the morning, it's, it's amazing. It sets a tone for the day. And I really, really enjoy um, starting off my drive to to work, listening to that speech. Very cool. And and I can totally notice a difference in my attitude, and not only my attitude, but my performance. Yeah. When I start my day off with something like that, for example, as opposed to something non-Christian related. Yeah, like, definitely. Like yeah. yeah. So it it's a uh, there's a noticeable difference. Now. Yeah. No, I get that. It's so good to start off your day thinking right. Just puts you in a, a lot better position for sure. It, it yeah. is. It's a. Uh, it's. It's very difficult, as everyone listening must know, because like if you let's say you wake up, the first thing you do is pray, give thanks, get in that mindset. Let's say you listen to this uh, speech, or more importantly, old sinners, new saints <laughs> on Spotify, right? <laughs> and, you, and you get in a, a spiritual, a, a good spiritual mood right yeah everything that god has commanded us to do you get in that mindset and then boom like right when you step into the real world yeah everything is me 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 everyone's asking a blast of cold air yeah uh-huh i get it literally yeah. when they open the bay doors at ups <laughs> there's a blast of cold of cold air so it's it's very difficult to um to continue that mindset mm-hmm. through the whole day and and depending on the situation the people that are around but it's definitely possible and yeah. getting better how's how's your week been no that's a it's been a good week it's been a busy week but lots of good stuff going on i love what you said because you know we're forgetful people uh, and so we constantly need to be reminded of everything about god his goodness and um, starting your day off that way is is just great then you're ready a little bit more ready for dealing with the the problems of the world such That's as good. christmas shopping <laughs> <laughs> have you gotten all yours done yes done you I, ha- really i yeah I, I don't like being in the stores after oh, thanksgiving yeah, yeah. i mean i've had to this year more than i would like but i try to get as much done before thanksgiving as possible you know i will apologize to people of the past that hopefully they'll listen to us at some point but Remember when we were kids, uh, like the big no-no that you didn't want 
in a Christmas present was socks. Oh yeah. But yet somehow some here socks like, or underwear. Yeah. yeah someone uh-huh. always got you socks, and I'm just <laughs> like, what is this? Fast forward to now, I'm barreling into my 40s. When you go Christmas shopping and you have your eyes set on a toy or whatever it is for whoever it is, yeah. and then you just you get so fed up with everything, and then you see the socks, and you're just like. <laughs> They get socks. Now I know. <laughs> now you know what your that, parents were thinking. A hundred percent empathy. Now I I flash back to about thirty years worth of like, oh man, maybe I should have been more grateful of the socks that I got throughout the yeah throughout my lifetime and Christmas. I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Like there's just I don't know how when you go out, it seems like the first rain of every season. And definitely holiday shopping. It's like people forget courtesy. They forget how to drive. They forget like common sense. It's just like everything goes out the window and they just have tunnel vision. And we kind of forget, including myself, what Christmas is actually all about. Yeah. Probably a lot of those people, unfortunately, don't even know (laughs) what Christmas is really all about. Yeah. But I get it. It's That's why I don't like being at the stores this time of year or on the highway. It's just... People are driving like crazy and shopping like crazy, and there's lots of crowds. So I do apologize for my driving. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have slowed down tremendously. Uh, I think it was, I think what actually, and this this was before I was on the the path, you know, um, the path that I'm on now was what happened was was i used to drive everywhere 80 miles an hour oh, like yeah. from when i got my permit at 15 to around i think 33 i would just fly everywhere and what happened was through god's grace he busted my car oh. the, the car that i was driving at the time couldn't really go faster than 60 miles an hour yeah so through his divine intervention i learned patience <laughs> because and then now i just don't I mean, I can drive fast if I need to get there. Yeah. But now I've learned more discipline in scheduling yeah. and timing. So I'll yeah, take yeah. off earlier and That's I'll good. show. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not rushing everywhere. But for Man. like almost two decades, I was like, hey, Ben, what time is lunch? Oh, yeah, we're meeting on Tuesday at 2.30. I'd be the guy taking off at 2.27, <laughs> right? Just like, oh, I can make it. And then, <laughs> Yeah. <why? laughs> it is crazy out there. Like, I feel like people think you're causing a problem by trying to merge onto the freeway. I yes. mean, it's just like people are not even literally letting me on the freeway, you know? So like, uh, I apologize for that too. I saw you, <laughs> I saw you coming. I was like, is that Ben? My lane. Speed up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him on. That's what it felt like. Oh, so. <laughs> All right. So what do we have for our listeners on this beautiful Saturday? Yeah. I'm really excited to talk about Nehemiah and continuing our series of eight godly men and Nehemiah, the distinguishing characteristic of him in, in godliness that we're going to talk about today is how he dealt with adversity. So maybe you're not familiar with Nehemiah, um, as he's not you know, one of the top five characters that we know of from the Bible. So if you, if you put him on the timeline of the Bible, he's after the, uh, Israel has fallen, and gone to Babylon, so so the people of Israel are are in captivity. But a group of them was allowed to go back to Jerusalem, and uh, they were there, but it was pretty bad. Um, the city was a mess. Um, they had been able to start or to rebuild the temple, but 
there was no walls around the city. And back in the, that day, if you didn't have walls, you're, um, you're kind of a disgraceful city. And they didn't have any real defense from enemies. So Nehemiah hears about the condition of Israel or of Jerusalem, specifically the, the holy city. And, and he's just moved by, by what's going on there. And the Lord puts it on his heart to, to go back to Jerusalem and fix up the walls. But in doing that, he just he really encounters an unreal amount of adversity. I mean, he's got people outside um, the bad the bad guys, Sanballat and Tobiah, who are doing everything they can from threatenings to um, you know intrigue, putting people on the inside to make him uh, scared. So he's got those guys working against him. He's got people within. I mean, he's the governor, but and he's providing food for everyone. Um, but the people at his own table are against him, trying to make him do what's wrong, trying to scare him away, trying to scare the workers. And the people, they, they build the wall, but um, they're not really uh, pleasing to God in a lot of their, the ways they're living. So he's dealing with that, all this adversity, um, but the Lord used him in a great way. So we want to talk about how do we... Um, be godly in the midst of a lot of adversity. So as uh, as you brought up this uh, topic, Nehemiah, am I say, I'm saying it right, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so for I didn't even know when I when I read, it, I was like, who are we doing this? <laughs> on? <laughs> I was like, I can't even read his name. So full disclosure, the Bible that you gave me, I absolutely absolutely love, but I didn't even make it all the way through, or I made it all the way through the intro. Yeah. And I got stuck on it because of the things of how the person, author, authors who wrote this intro into it, it really, really grabbed me. And this was the first part to kick it off was it said, Neremiah saw a problem and was distressed. But instead of complaining or wallowing in self-pity or grief, he took action. Yes. Now, right away, Neremiah saw a problem. Awesome. I see problems and I've seen them in my life. Yeah. I'll try to fix it or I'll head towards fixing something. It says right off the bat, he was distressed right in that first sentence. Neremiah saw a problem and was distressed. Like when I think about becoming like on this path, following Jesus, the Bible, God, giving myself over to this to this life and being on this path. I still am fresh enough to where looking from the outside in, I would think almost hippie-esque. Like everything is sunshines and rainbows. Yeah. No problems, <laughs> no pain, no suffering, yeah. right? Right from the get-go, he's distressed. And that was a huge wake-up call to where everything of my past, present, and where I want to go in the future is when you are called to do something, <laughs> like 99% of the time, if God's calling you to do something, it's not going to be like with a smile on your face because we are immersed in these worldly pleasures and worldly view. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's not like he's going to say like, hey, kid, like I want you to be a rock star and you're going to get all this stuff. Follow me. Right. It's right. like, never mind. Yeah. I want you to build a wall in the midst of all this chaos. Like. Yeah. Hey, Ben. Hey, Chris, I want you to do this, that and the other. But 
there's there's going to be issues and yeah. but I'm going to help guide you and overcome said issues and that was a huge wake up call right from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so much there. I think first of all I wanted to say that Nehemiah in dealing with adversity or in dealing with the problem he does he he takes action on the problem. And and in our culture we're so bombarded by problems. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, you turn on the news and like you know, I don't. I'm just making these things up. They may or may not be true. There's like an earthquake in China, uh, war in this country. You know, homeless problems in your state or whatever, and and you're overwhelmed by the amount of problems that you see. So we can we can easily become conditioned to where the plight of humanity has no effect on us because it's just there in the news or whatever. So. Yes. Sometimes as Christians, we just have to step back and say, when I, when I run across a problem, what can I do about it? And the simple thing is, you know, we, we can't solve every problem, but what we can do is when we hear of problems, we can pray for them. Yes. So I, I would encourage, and I can't remember who first told me that, so it's not original with me, but um, when you hear of issues in people's lives, just take a moment to simply pray um, that the Lord would work in those situations. So, so um, I just wanted to bring that up because as we grow in our relationship with God, we have to grow away from a complacent attitude towards um, the plight of others, and and just even just taking a moment to recondition ourselves to not pass over the problems of others, but actually to pray for those uh, will really help us. And and then also we need to remember in the midst of, of adversity, there is joy. Yes. Joy is not like a happy feeling of, um, you know, you're feeling great about the hard times that are going on. But Nehemiah actually says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, um, so the joy is kind of the inner peace and satisfaction knowing that even though life is super hard, you are being pleasing to God and um, God sees. And, and it's just this, I, it's hard to describe, but it's just this, this deep set um, knowledge in your heart that, yeah, it's really tough and I'm really sad, but at the same time, um, this is good. And I know God, God is at work and, uh, and there's there's a joy in in serving God. So it is super tough, but at the same time, when God calls you to some type of mission that has adversity, uh, He'll also supply the inner strength yes. to get through it. Yes. And here was the point I wanted to hit the um. We have some sound bites, and I wanted to hit the <laughs> ding ding ding, but I was so afraid I couldn't remember if it was the right or left. So it was either going to be right on or the kung fu fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so maybe when when you say something again that I hundred percent agree with, I'll give it a shot. But right in the second sentence after that, the thing that came out was or stood out. It said, Nehemiah knew that God wanted. Oops, nope. Go back. So, Nehemiah saw a problem and was distressed. Take two. <laughs> but instead of complaining or wallowing in self-pity mm. or grief, yeah. he took action. Yeah, And it's like, I have not only been guilty of that in one instance, 
I think I've lost or more or less displaced almost a decade of my life and growth mm. because instead of taking action or having the discipline or the mindset or the faith to take action, I wallowed in self-pity, yeah, grief, instead of taking action, breakups, didn't take action to get better. Mm. If someone came at me and said, hey, Chris, I don't like... Um, essentially like your wrath of certain things which it doesn't have to be physical it could right. be it can come out your mouth right how yeah. you tear people down yeah i grieved watched endless amount of hours of netflix gave in to gluttony ate, ate I, you know if i only had stocks in taco bell i'd be rich <laughs> right now right i'd be funding yeah. my own pockets but that was part of the grief yeah when 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 an ex-girlfriend said hey i don't like uh the way you do X, Y, or Z, I wall it in grief once again instead of trying to step back. But just like you said, take a step back and try to correct maybe. Be yeah. humble enough to correct the action. Now, I'm doing it, but it's all in God's timing. So right. yeah. I stepped away from that. But looking back, man, what a powerful lesson that can be for someone who's, for myself moving forward, but someone who's also listened to this now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it takes... God's grace to make real biblical change in your life. So, um, you know, but God says that he's given us all power to do uh, for, for life and godliness, everything that we need. So if you're struggling with, um, you know, like we all do, you, you, you see some things in your life that need to change and, you know, you run to whatever it is that you use to cope instead of facing that change. If you are a child of God, just know that you already have the strength. I mean, God has, has said, I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. So, you know, realize that you have the power to change uh, because of God residing in you. And and take that first step. Reach out to someone who, who knows the Bible or um, your pastor or a good friend and take that next step to change um, and God can can really change you. He really can. No matter how many times you've messed up, God doesn't doesn't hold that against us as His children. He will. He He longs for you to come. He delights when you come to Him. So, get moving. A hundred percent agree. And uh, on that note, I was talking with uh, my mother last night, and when you were talking, the thought that that came to pass was. Whoever just heard that, it's very difficult. It's not easy. Yeah. But the yeah, thought no that doubt. came up was in business, people say, or this quote being, is flowing around like, if you're around six alcoholics, you'll be the seventh, right? If you're around six millionaires, you'll be the seventh. And my grandpa always had a saying, show me who your friends are and I'll show you who you are. Yeah. And the point where I'm trying to go is I took that and I, and I used it to my advantage. Well, if I want to be a godly man, then I'm going to have to surround myself with 600 godly men, right? So yeah. I can be mm -hmm. the seventh. So to your advice, when you are seeking counsel or wisdom, be, it is not difficult to find solid counsel or wisdom. And especially when you have questions on the Bible. So when you yeah. find that bed in your life that like, I'm so blessed to have, um, then lean into that. So just be careful of... Yeah. where you're giving advice from so for example i've been guilty of wanting not unbeknownst to myself i've wanted godly advice or direction 
but I would go to someone who wasn't a man or right. a woman of God. Yeah. And but it didn't even dawn on me. I'd be like, hey, what do I do about this problem? And then they'd give me worldly yeah. solutions, yeah. not biblical ones. Um, yeah, that's so key. If uh, you you need to fi- have people in your life that will speak the truth from God's word to you, um, because we're all, every one of us, myself, um, you know, like ten times over, we have to have people that will tell us the truth and and keep us accountable, because we're all sinners and we all uh, do whatever it takes to go our own way. Um, you know, we'll make it work somehow to do the stuff we want to do. So we need, we need that. Yes. So we're talking about godliness and, um, in adversity. We talked about Nehemiah, his background and this, he hears about Jerusalem, how it's torn down. The walls are, uh, it's rubble and, and, he decides that God wants him to take action on this. So he, he begins to fast and to pray. And, and he does that literally for months of praying, asking God to work. And then he devises a plan to finally, um, to finally get this, this, this journey moving. So he had a position as cupbearer to the king, which meant that he had regular access to the king. Probably he was trying all the king's food before the king ate it because if you want the king dead, you might poison his food. But it was more than just that. He was kind of... People think that the cupbearer may have been someone that was kind of like um, positioning people at the table to talk to the king, maybe doing a little bit of politics for the king. Um, So he was a really important official. And so as the, as the Bible tells us, uh, Nehemiah, he sets a time and he is going to appear before the king sad. And that just wasn't done. When you're in the king's presence, you are happy. You know, you think about like even our, our work today, when the boss comes down and says, how's everything going? People are pretty much like, oh yeah, things are yeah. great. You know, you want to put forward a good face. And so the king says, Hey, Nehemiah, are, are, what's going on? You're not sick. Why are you sad? And the Bible says that Nehemiah, and that split second, he prayed. And um, then he had, he had prepared what he wanted to tell the king. So he said, how can I be happy when my home city is lying in ruins? Yeah. And then the king says, what is it that you want? And if you read chapter, I think it's one or two in Nehemiah, Nehemiah had already made a list of everything that he wanted and needed. So it's obvious that he had been thinking about this for a long time. So if God is, uh, uh, part of our godliness is is moving into action, but the first action should always be prayer. So if, if you think God's ding, laying ding, ding. a burden on your heart, pray about it. And, and not just once, not just twice, pray about it many times. And then... Next, we need to be expecting God to work through our prayers. So Nehemiah didn't just pray one time and then say, oh, well, nothing happened. I'll move on with my life. He prayed about it for a long time. He planned for the right opportunity to bring it up. And when God opened that door, man, he was ready with the list of what he needed um, to to make this a, a successful journey. So adversity leads the godly person to action, the action of prayer, 
and then we need to be expecting God to work and prepared for that. I love what you said about not just giving up after one prayer because yeah. I want to meet Lauren Daigle and I have prayed many, many times <laughs> <laughs> for years on that notion. No, I'm just joking. So perfect segue into the part that stuck out to me about this. People constantly, even myself, so I'm talking to myself still to this day. Yeah. What is the, like, why pray? Right. I get that constantly when I try to mention yeah. God, Jesus, anything, even just an intro tidbit, just anything. Or when I say out of the kindness of my heart, someone's having an issue. I'll be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to pray for that. Yeah. And I'll get some calm. I used to be the snarky commenter, too. Yeah. What is that going to do? Yeah. The one that gets me is when like somebody's shot. And um, people are like thoughts and prayers and then people yeah. are like prayers aren't enough anymore. You know, like, yeah, <clears throat> I go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah. So this is 100 percent agree. So <clears throat> this really stuck out to me. So in the Bible that you gave me, it has the mega themes of Nehemiah. Themes are vision, prayer, leadership, problems and repentance slash revival in the prayer portion. I never understood this about prayer mm -hmm. it says both Nehemiah and Ezra responded to problems with prayer when Nehemiah began his work he recognized the problem immediately prayed and then acted on the problem prayer is still God's mighty force in solving problems today prayer and action go hand in hand yes through prayer God guides our preparation teamwork and diligent efforts to carry out his will. So once again, prayer and action go hand in hand. Yeah. And that was one of the key pieces that I was missing in my vocabulary to yeah. be able to tell people. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I mean, Jesus commands us, or the, well, the Bible commands us to pray without ceasing. It's always to live in a spirit of prayer. And if you think about it, uh, it, it just makes sense because no one loves you more than God does. And no one has more power to influence a situation than God does. I think what happens is we pray and don't see results. So we fall into this mindset of, well, I prayed about that and nothing happened. So it doesn't work. Well, that's not necessarily how God works, but what he does command is faithful prayer. And so I 100% I agree. We can't do anything better um, than pray. And honestly, as humbling as it is, someone mentioned to me um, a long time ago, the, one of the most humbling things is that just doing praying, like doing nothing physically, but just praying is the most powerful thing that we can do because you're... Prayer is not just for the need that you're presenting. It's yeah. also for you. Yeah. Like, I mean, we pray to express our dependence on God and to worship God. And when we pray, it helps us to remember those things. Like, I'm just a beggar coming to God. I've got no power for, you know, I, I can't make this person behave or I can't make this person, you know, do what they need to do. But I know someone who can or I can't you know, meet this need. Um, but, but I know someone who can. And so, um, hundred percent agree with what you said about prayer. No, I was, uh, <laughs> man, my mind drifted off many, many times. And one of the thoughts I had was, uh, 
Lauren Daigle performing a concert with an old Sinners New Saints t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who that is? I don't. I'm oh sorry. my goodness. She's a sponsor on the show, Ben. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. No, she's a um uh Christian uh singer and oh, artist. Okay. okay. And I think she just released her second uh album, which is a self-titled album. Never heard her before. I forgot how she came. I think it was through Instagram. Like cuz I've been liking my my rule with instagram it's it's on a side tangent it has become cleaned up tremendous like within the last year and so my rule is when i access it i end on a on a christian quote like a message from a preacher Uh or a quote from a book and so because I've been liking all that stuff, I think she came across my feed and now okay. I'm a huge, huge fan and, and her album's taking off. She just went on tour. She just came to Sacramento oh, okay. in November, by the way, which okay. I missed um, the show. But uh, no, I, I couldn't recommend her enough. And Sorry, I mean, I'm an uncool dad <laughs> that lives under a rock a lot of the time. So if something is cool, I probably don't know about it. <laughs> That's not not really to my credit, but you know, it is what it is. No, artist, but that was that's what I did. I was like picturing. I was like, oh man, how cool would that be with someone of her status? Now we have to develop a shirt. That's first and foremost. We have to put together a t-shirt. We can send her a link to the episode. <laughs> And I'll just I'm just gonna slip in your picture and be like, by the way, we'll have our we'll Chris have our, is single. We'll, by the way, we'll have our manager <laughs> on it on our very elaborate pre-production <laughs> meeting in Italy with the, with our whole crew. <laughs> we'll get we'll talk to her PR person. Um, no, but the back to the prayer part. That was um, one thing that flipped a hundred percent within this past year. Was I was the guy the stereotypical guy that was only praying for things let me win the lotto yeah. let me let me look better let me have more status let me have never prayed for power but i'll just use that just all the stereotypical things right, right. the yeah. world tells us that we need or that we want right and within the last 365 days i pray more now giving thanks yeah. than asking for anything and i don't know when that clicked but I'm very, very thankful that it did. And so yeah. um, I, I truly believe no matter what, uh, what situation you're in, there's always things to be thankful for. I think we have a whole episode, episode on gratitude that <laughs> needs to come up soon. Because like, um, there's, there's so much in the Bible about being thankful. I mean, God says to give thanks in all circumstances. So oh, yeah. we need to... That that's on the move that to the front burner. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, move it to the front <laughs> next Tuesday. <laughs> so yes, but I was um I definitely love that aspect how it said prayer and action go hand in hand. So I absolutely love that. So we have action, and we were going to talk about compassion. Yeah. So adversity should lead the godly person to compassion. We talked about this somewhat already, but just the idea of Compassion for people in need. Nehemiah saw the issue there, and God stirred his heart to action. He was in a position where he had the authority and ability to meet that need, so he moved towards that need. And Christians need to have that compassion where they're able to. But also, it's not—compassion probably isn't the right word. Maybe it's just a passion or zeal for the name of God. 
and this particular cir- circumstance, the name of God was being um, despised because of the condition of his city. You know, so this was Jerusalem, the capital of, of the former is- Israeli empire, um, and it was a mess. It was just a pile of rubble. And so uh, God, having tied his name to that city, the city in that shape, uh, it was a reproach on God's people. So a godly man has compassion for those in need, and he also really has a passion for uh, the reputation of God. Uh, and so that's what we see here in Nehemiah. Adversity brought out in him, not a um, a shelter mentality where I got to take care of me and, and my family, uh, but no, what can I do to meet these needs and and how can I ensure that the name of God is lifted up? And that's so key for us today because in this hypersensitive environment, you know, like there's already talk about um, COVID's coming back. And, you know, we can we can just say, well, well, okay, I'm just going to stay in my house. It's just going to be me and my family. And we're, we're um, just going to survive. But as as godly people, we need to have compassion for the needs around us. And we can't let viruses or um, even, you know, those things scare us into um, not living for God's glory, not not reaching out for his name's sake and not not meeting the needs of those around us. It, it is so <clears throat> I don't think we'll ever get tired of Well, I get tired of it, but I don't think we'll ever stop saying it, it is so difficult to do because it is yeah. absolutely not an easy thing. Yeah. to mm-hmm. to do and follow the commandments of yeah. of God and it no it's not and and people will you know like people will misunderstand like if you say um like during the plague there were Christians going into cities to minister to people and I'm sure they contracted the plague in doing that you know so people would say you know you're being unwise by going into this area with the plague and helping people because you're going to get that disease yourself. And I think that those Christians had to make that choice. What is it that God yeah. wants me to do? Is my physical health more important than the spiritual needs of of these people? And so we all have to make, you know, I'm not saying one is necessarily right to go or right to stay, yeah. depending on how God leads you. But we need to be willing to say, you know, Lord, even my physical health is in your hands. And if you want me to do something that could potentially jeopardize my health, if it's if it's clearly your will for me, then I'm willing to do that. That's uh, <laughs> in, the, in my old darker sense of humor. That was the, the idea when you said that that was like the uh, the idea that just came was like a skit. Like <laughs> we, we kind of shrink that into a nutshell. Yeah. And like uh we're like a superhero. We'll develop a superhero, right? So just picture me in a costume, right? My character. Yeah, yeah. And people need help. And then I start praying on it. And then in the background, everything's, you know, going down. And then when I'm like, aha, he did tell me to step in. But then there's nothing to do, right? Like everyone's, yeah. everyone's already harmed. It, the damage is done. And so then, boom, title card, old Zinner's New Saints. So it's like, like in, uh, I don't watch it. I never really watch a show like at all i just had episodes or watch episodes here and there but there was this guy on south park and his superhero okay. name was mr hindsight 
And so if a building was on fire, he'd fly in. He'd be like, you should have built the staircase there and an exit there. And so like, that's all he would do. And everybody was just Mr. Hindsight or if someone got in a car accident, yes. they're like, when the brake light, when the brake lights came on, you should have fixed that back on November 14th, 2022. Thank and they're you. Like, yeah. yeah. They're like, thank you, Mr. Hindsight. So, yeah. So. No, I think there's enough hindsight Christians out there. Yeah. <laughs> enough, enough, uh. What do you want to call them? Monday morning quarterbacks, yeah, you know? <laughs> so um, if we're if we have passion and for God and compassion for people, that will uh, help us not be the Monday morning quarterback who says, oh, if, if the church would have done this or if if my pastor would do X or whatever, things would be so much better. If we're busy serving God, like we don't have time to criticize um, everybody else. That is what you just said came out so rapidly but that is a hundred percent true when 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 i step out of my own way because a lot of the times right now in situations that i'm in especially with the amount of hours that i was working and everything i'm trying to do my compassion when i'm at church is through the roof right because i'm in god's house i'm around godly people yeah so i get refueled i always use that like a tank i get i spiritually am yeah am refueled as monday comes around tuesday it's already drained right for because we've been working in peak season right it's already drained and my compassion starts to go out the window Mm -hmm. and this is one of the reasons i truly believe and i and i tell my kids this like they are truly a present from god because they remind me of everything that i'm trying to do constantly yeah compassion um uh discipline care love like everything that the bible stands for that i'm trying to be how god is to me as a father and how i'm trying to be to them right right? yeah is they're a constant reminder when they're here when they're not here it's a very very long seven days because it's it's i don't have that reminder and i feel then here's a real world example they're with me seven days everything's 10 out of 10. Yeah. They leave, they go back to their mother's house. One of the first things I do is I rest. Now, not to say rest is bad, right? but the way I think about it is, oh, I'm going to catch up on that show that I missed. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And we'll just sum it up in uh, gluttony and sloth. Like (laughs) I just lay there and I start eating. And it's like, but the thought that comes through my head is I deserve this, Mm. right? Like I did that. I worked these long hours. Right. I stepped up as a father. I stepped up as a son. So I deserve this. When it's like, no, like he gifted, God gifted me with another day. I'm literally breathing him in and out. Right. Right. It's like, get to work. Right. Like Nehemiah did. Can you imagine if Nehemiah took a break? (laughs) Was like, hey, I did all the, I built half the wall back. Yeah. Like I deserve to go chill over here in Hawaii or wherever the Hawaii was back then. Yeah. It wouldn't have gotten built. So it's like, it's, I very much dislike, and I'm trying to get rid of that when I start to think that, because I'll literally think that it'll be like, I'll start playing the, I think Kevin Hart calls it the excuses game. Mm. Like, oh, I, I did this. So I have an excuse to do this. Right. And when you start doing research about successful people, athletes, businessmen, whatever realm, uh-huh. it's, um, this is one of the huge benefits of social media nowadays is people 
have instant access to a voice, right? Yeah. Do podcasts, recording, whatever. I always used to think they weren't tired because I'd always see them on TV. Mm, so yeah. Joe Montana, for example, Conan O'Brien, Joe Rogan, whoever you you know right. look in that direction as quote unquote successful in the real world example, I would see them on Sundays. Joe Montana throwing touchdowns. I'd see him in interviews. He's always smiling. He's always happy. So I'd have this fallacy that yeah. he's always on cloud nine mm-hmm. and he never gets tired. I don't know where that came in, but that is so far from the truth. And the reality is when you're pushing to strive for something, especially probably most likely when God calls you to something, right? Nehemiah was probably deathly tired. He's working oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that couldn't be further from the truth. So when I try to use that as an excuse in my own life, it's like, nah, man, like you, like, you can choose to lay down and wait seven days till your kids come back and then you'll be faced with what you have to do or you can do the preparation now and be even right. better when yeah. they come back. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. So the last one was action, compassion, and mission. Yeah. So I think adversity has the ability to uh, do two things. Either we take adversity and we you know, can throw it back at God and say, why did you put this hard stuff in my life? I, I can't handle this. Or we can take adversity and, and use it to really focus on the mission that God has given us. So that's where we need faith um, to really come in and believe that God is working in our life. And so when, when adversity came, the godly person is going to focus on the mission that God has for them. So we all have a mission from God. You know, God said he gave us the great commission, go into the world, preach the gospel and make disciples. So we know we have at least that mission. And so if we're trying to do that, we're talking to people about the Lord or we're trying to help people grow and we start to feel uh, the adversity of of um, let's just say we're trying to help someone and we start feeling like they're not responding to me or they're not getting it or I just wish I could have a break for one week. Then we start seeing, okay, what am I going to do with that adversity? Am I going to allow that to rule my life or am I going to say, wow, something is going on here. My person isn't getting it. Well, I need to dig in deeper and figure out what I can do to help them get it. Or, wow, what it is, what's in my heart that says, I don't want a disciple. I want to sit on the couch and watch TV. Yes. You know, like, so, um, and we see that with Nehemiah. Nehemiah had this mission from God to build the wall um, and to help these people restore their right worship and living before God. And he didn't let things get in the way of that. Enemies came and they said, hey, let's have a conference over here to discuss the wall. And Nehemiah said, basically, I'm busy. I can't come for that. You know, that um, he had people trying to tell him, hey, why don't you go um, live in the temple so you'll be safe from the, the, the bad stuff going on around. And Nehemiah said, I'm not breaking God's word. God said, I'm not allowed to do that, so I'm not going to. I mean, the adversity uh, and his passion for his mission just really narrowed his focus into, for this this time period, however long it takes to build this wall, man, I'm not doing anything besides the wall, and I'm definitely not doing anything that's going to displease God because I've got this mission 
and I've got to get it done. So the adversity can really be something that convinces us that we are on track for what God has for us to do. Um, and, and it really should help us be convinced that we're living the best way we can to serve him. I love it. And I absolutely wish my mission was to head to In-N-Out Burger every day. <laughs> like I was like going back to a previous episode. I would crush oh, that mission. Yeah. Double, double animal style, animal style <laughs> fries, large Coke. And if I'm feeling froggy, a small uh, strawberry milkshake. There you go. But that was I haven't eaten. If I ate that now, I, I'd probably collapse. Like there's no way I could consume that now without a gun to my head. But that was, I think, heading out of high school into college. That was the meal yeah. like of choice on the late because they're open to like one a.m. or yeah. something. So, mm-hmm. but goodness, do they make a good burger? We need a sponsor from In Out Burger. <laughs> Stephen, Stephen, get on that <laughs> to talk to their PR rep. But no, I, I, I definitely, a hundred percent agree, and I'm praying that I'm right there, right at that uh, cusp to, um become like that like see the adversity like Nehemiah did and because I already don't do much like outside of this like I'm very focused on yeah on 100% on going to church reading the bible becoming more ingrained in research and learning about Jesus the Holy Spirit and God everything like that so that's number one like Denzel Washington said in his speech or right off the bat put God first and everything you do Working right now through UPS, which is a, was a huge blessing in disguise, um, but that's just to put food on the table. Other than that, I am focused on when my kids are with me, being a father, being a leader for them, um, leading by example, more action. Right off the book of Nehemiah is be more of action than words. Yeah. And I'm constantly checking back with them. Hey, how do you know? Like, I love you when I say I love you. And right away, they're like, well, could you show it? Mm. Okay, well, how do yeah. I show it? Well, you spend time with us. You cook yeah. with us. You take us on your little mission trips to go do work. You take us everywhere with you. You take time to discipline, like all these things, right? So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm on the right track with that. Yeah, yeah. And moving forward. And so uh, all I've been praying on, well, I've been praying on a lot because I'm constantly praying. But one of the main things is to... um Oh my goodness, I wish I remembered the quote, but I I it was on my phone, but it's in the other room. But it was uh, I think it's from Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. Uh oh man, I wish I remembered it. We get our strength from the Lord. So mm-hmm. it's like when you're tired, he'll give you strength and yeah. and uphold you with his righteous right hand, right? Yeah. That one. Mm-hmm. Um I love that quote. It's on my phone. I haven't uh, obviously uh dedicated to memory yet. But that's what I've been praying on is for the strength to keep going and just like you said, use that to become like Nehemiah and use all that as fuel to propel forward. Yeah. Awesome. Was there anything else for the book of Nehemiah that we got? That is it for Nehemiah for today. Oh man. I kept pronouncing his name. (laughs) Why did you correct me the whole time? You're saying (laughs) either way is fine. We don't know exactly how they said it. (laughs) It's like, it's like we're saying it two totally opposite ways through what, what is it? 47 minutes of a show. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for coming in this week. And uh, I'm just blessed every week. Truly thankful that you can be here for your friendship and helping me with all this stuff. And I just uh, 
I love it. So can you end us with a prayer? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to review Nehemiah. I pray that we would be uh, people who are yielded to your spirit. And when you graciously uh, allow adversity in our life, that we would remember these things, that the godly person will face adversity. Your word says that all who live godly in Christ Jesus will face adversity. So I pray that we would use the adversity that you bring into our lives to um, to be a catalyst for our own growth in Christ-likeness, that we would be people of action and compassion, um, and that we would be people that would love you and serve you with our whole hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again, Ben.